Episode number nine. I just want to take this opportunity again to quickly say thank you to everybody who's listening right now. I really appreciate it, so thank you very much. In this episode, I sat down and had a chat with Rachel Carnegie. So Rachel's a strength and conditioning coach that I'm lucky enough to work with at Real Fit Strength and Conditioning. Uh, she's an absolute legend, and it was a good little chat. Amongst other things, we discussed Rachel's journey to get to where she is now. Uh, we discussed Rachel's sporting endeavors. So Rachel was involved with athletics for a long time, and she's recently transitioned over to rowing. Uh, we discussed how the gym environment can be quite intimidating for newbies. And we also talked about how Rachel's kind of had to develop her own style of coaching. Yeah, it was a good little chat. I hope you guys enjoy. Rachel, thank you for doing this. No problem. Thanks for inviting me on. That's all right. How has your – so it's Friday afternoon. How's your Friday been? It's been pretty good, actually. Um, in I was in here early this morning, so in Real Fit Gym coaching. Um, then I did my own gym session. And I've also been home and done a session on my rowing erg as well. So, so Rachel's a rower. So yeah. So she spends a lot of time on the erg. Yeah. A lot of – Lonely hours on the erg rowing. Well, today I rowed while watching a movie. What movie? <laughs> Magic Mike. <laughs> it's a good it's, distraction because you just... Channing Tatum while you're yeah, rowing? Yeah, takes your mind off how hard it is. <laughs> I suppose that wouldn't have been the first movie that would come to mind. I would think you would watch when you're rowing, but... I don't know. It just came up on Netflix and I was like, oh, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Got you through, though. <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Well, that's good. So, for starters, we're just going to give a we're just going to go through a quick rundown on your story, Rach. So you, so you're Canberra born and bred. Yep, sure am. How do you find Canberra? What was it like growing up here? Um, I've loved growing up in Canberra. Probably a bit biased because it's all I've ever known, um, but it's a really easy place to live, I guess you could say. Um, growing up, everything was close by. Like I walked to primary and high school and uni, like went to Uni of Canberra, that was just across the road. Uh, so yeah, I've really enjoyed my time here. Yeah, that's cool. What schools did you go to in Canberra? So the people that didn't go to those schools can bag you out. <laughs> They're going to bag me out something chronic. Uh, public school girl through and through. So I went to Maribyrnong Primary School, Kayleen High, Lake Jindera College, and then I did Uni of Canberra. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Canberra, so that means nothing to me, but I'm sure there'll be some Canberra people out I'm there. I'm sure there will be. Laugh about that. They definitely will. Um, that turned out all right, that's all I can say. <laughs> oh, debatable. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so when you finished school, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you know what you wanted to do work-wise? So I was pretty firmly set in wanting to become a physiotherapist when I finished college. Um, so I went to uni and I did a Bachelor of Applied Science in Human Biology and the plan was to then go on and do a Master's of Physio. Uh, so all the electives that I did were in sports science. But as I went through, I was like, oh, I really like exercise physiology. I like biomechanics. I like a little bit of everything. So... Yeah, when I by the time I finished my undergrad degree, I actually decided that I wasn't yet ready for physio. Um, and part of that was the commitment that the Masters was. It was two years, pretty intense, 
people had told me that you couldn't really hold down a full-time job. Um, I didn't have a full-time job at the time, but my training, um, I was in the sport of athletics. I didn't want to sacrifice that at that point in time. So I ended up going on to do a post-grad um, online. So it was a Master's of Exercise Science in Strength and Conditioning. And I was drawn into that d- degree because it covered off a lot of the areas that I liked enjoyed and enjoyed yeah. um, rather than just focusing solely on one. Um, yeah, it brought in a little bit of everything. So. Yeah. So you kind of just so you kind of just did your undergrad, ended up enjoying certain parts of it, and then you just kind of flowed that on into doing a master's. Yeah. So yep. you did the master's through Edith Cowan, was it? In yeah, in Perth. Perth? Yep. Yeah, okay. How was it doing that online? It was great, actually. I had some reservations when I started. I was like, this can go, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be really good or it's going to be a challenge because you have to be committed. There's nothing really holding you accountable because it was all online. You weren't having to go into uni to attend a tutorial or a lecture. It was your responsibility to sit down, allocate the time, um, and do the coursework online. It's a very but, practical, very practical type of degree as well. Yeah, yeah. Particularly if you were working, um, you could just fit it in when it suited you. Yeah, uh, and from and practical from a standpoint that it's very like you're trained to. You're kind of doing strength and conditioning, so you're kind of trained to coach people. So yeah. I'd imagine there'd be yeah. a massive practical side to the actual degree as well. Yeah. So there was one part. I spent two weeks in Perth. So one of the units was a practicum. So went over there and just did all. Oh, okay. So you do like um, two weeks intensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you kind of mentioned there the running. Yes. So growing up, you were a runner, weren't you? Yeah. So I, I started in little athletics when I was 10. Yeah, okay. And what, you just loved it and just kept doing it? Well, it's quite funny. So my cousins were doing lilays and I fell into it through them because I came out at, like in primary school at our school carnivals and they were like, oh, right, she got a little bit of speed there. We just flogged everyone at the, at the well, primary school carnival. I don't want to like toot my own horn, but <laughs> <laughs> I went all right. Um, and so they encouraged me into athletics, but I was a very shy, quiet kid. And so the thought of being involved in sport was quite scary. I remember my first ever little athletics on a Saturday morning. Um, it was down at Dixon Oval and I walked, like dad took me, there was like a hill from where we parked the car, walked over the hill, saw everyone. (laughs) And I literally backpedaled. I was like, let's go home. I can't do it. Um, and eventually went home and mum convinced me to go back with dad and just watch the first one. And then the next weekend, I actually went and ran in a race. And then when I didn't come dead last, I actually went, oh, actually, maybe this isn't so bad. And Yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought this is one of those ones where it's very like, Everyone's watching you. And yeah. It's not like a team sport where you have your teammates to kind of help you. Yeah, out. you can it's hide. It very was... by yourself. Yeah. And then, so then you recently transitioned. So you ran 400, is that right? Yeah. So I was a 200, 400 runner. Um, dabbled a little bit in four hurdles for a while, but that didn't go so well. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
And then, so then more recently as well, you've uh, transitioned over to rowing, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, so end of 2018, I decided to have a go at rowing. Um, how so, how do you find, how's that been so far? I've really enjoyed it. Um, very, very different sport to athletics. Um, and so it's come with a lot of different challenges, but never back down from a challenge. And I've liked, yeah, learning a new sport, a new skill because, yeah, I spent, ended up being 15 years in athletics and I never did any other sport growing up. So it's been nice to try something else. Yeah, yeah. It's always, change is always good, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, now, before we go in, we're going to go into the running and rowing stuff a little bit more. But before we do that, how did you end up at Real Fit? <laughs> so... Uh, I was working with someone who was a client of Real Fit Gym um, and she talked so positively about the space and about her coach and it was at the time that I was looking to get some experience um, as a coach myself. So I'd recently finished uni and I was wanting to start coaching but had zero experience. And so she actually um, put me in contact with Joe Matthews, the owner of Real Fit. And so I came in and I just was observing him coach, so some of his sessions uh, with his clients. And I just really loved the vibe of the gym um, and the atmosphere and eventually worked up the courage to ask Joe if he'd program for me. And, yeah, next thing I knew I was in here training as a client and then, uh, about 12 months in, I then came on as a coach. Yeah. What year? So what year was it you started as a coach? Do you remember? I think it was start of 2017. I think it was 2016 I was in here Yeah. training. And then 2017, I came on as you, staff. You would nearly be the longest serving staff member now other than Joe. Were you here before yeah. Al? No, Al was here before me. Okay, so, so besides the two owners of Real Fit, Al and Joe, you're probably the longest-serving staff member still here. Yeah, outside of our contractors, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Okay, so now I want to go back to the running and rowing. So obviously fairly different sports. So in running, you probably did the most brutal distance, the 400 metres. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now you've swapped over to running. So Sorry, swapped over to rowing. So what's the difference in – What's the difference between the training for the two of them that you've noticed? Obviously, um, they're completely different yeah, modalities. <laughs> completely different. So, it was very in running. I was very much a sprinter. Um, so, two hundred was my favourite distance, but I did a lot of four hundreds. Um, two hundred was my favourite purely because I'd run a four and it doesn't hurt anywhere near as much. Um, but yeah, and then rowing is. A middle to long distance sport so even down to like training sessions um in athletics you do a session in season that's something like 250 150 280 so like a really high intensity lactic session whereas on the flip side rowing is like we're out we're out on the water for an hour and a half and doing long pieces. Like so it might all, be of done. The, all of the distance you're running there are sort of like 40 seconds-ish. Hey, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like 40 or 
40-ish seconds would have been the max distance that you were like running for doing a rep and then you'd have almost maximal rest time um, because it's a high-intensity effort. Whereas out on the water, like our warm-up is 20 minutes of continuous (laughs) (laughs) rowing and then you do a piece – like you might do a piece down the race course, which is nearly 2Ks long. So that's like eight minutes of – so that's been a really big switch for me, um, particularly because my aerobic capacity wasn't great when I was a runner. I loved the short, sharp stuff. I could do that over and over again. But if you started like getting to me, getting me to do longer reps, I just – yeah. I do remember the first couple of erg sessions I saw you do. Yeah. That yeah. were kind of like, I don't remember how long they were, between 10 and 20 minutes. Yeah. And I remember seeing you do those and, yeah, I could tell it was a was massive just, shock to you. Yeah. Well, I never, I'll never, i never forget with um, one of my rowing coaches going down to do my first ever erg session uh, with a group of the girls. And she was like, um, Rach, you just sit there and you just, I just want you to row for 15 minutes. And I was like, 15 minutes, no break. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm used to doing a rep for 30 seconds and having like six minutes rest. <laughs> so it was big shock to the system. Just but straight away, straight into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, straight away. So for those that know, don't know as well, the ERG is just a rolling machine. Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, yes, yeah, complete polar opposites, isn't it? One's yeah. short, sharp efforts, long recovery. Yeah. The other one is really long efforts. Yeah. With almost like just really long continuous yeah, efforts. Yeah, really, continuous. Yeah. How long does – is there kind of a standard distance that you race in rowing? So the official like Olympic race distance is two kilometres, but rowing works in grade levels. Um, and so you work up in grade levels from like, they usually have a novice grade and then DCBA. So the lower grade levels, the race distance is 1K. So like D grade, you race 1K, C grade 1500 and then... B and A, it's 2K. Yeah, okay. So the, yeah. Yeah, so how how long would it take to row the 2K? How long would it take you? Well, I've not yet raced a 2K. Uh, I've raced a 1500 in a quad and it's take it takes us six minutes. So a wow. 2K is, you're looking at like eight-minute mark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a tough, um, yep. <laughs> tough amount of time to be pushing for, yep. isn't it? Especially when it starts hurting and you think, oh, God, there's still a kilometre to go. <laughs> well, yeah, that kind of leads into the next thing I want to talk about. So the mental aspect of the training. Mm. With the running, I'd imagine it would be easier because you kind of – if you're doing, say, a 30 or 40-second effort, you almost start and then it's almost over before you know it. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time to think. Um, By the time it takes 10 seconds for it to start hurting or whatever. And yeah. Then you a little bit to go anyway. Yeah. With the rowing, though, that's like it starts hurting a minute in and then you got like – yeah. However, if you're in a race, you are like five or six minutes to go. So yeah. How do you how do you cope um, with that that mental side of it? It is. It's certainly a challenge. Um, because although you have the other people in the boat as well, it's not like you're talking to them while you're going along or anything. Yeah. So no. <laughs> very much just you versus you type thing. Yeah. Sometimes I'll use like uh, so I'm very familiar with the uh, race course in here in Canberra on Lake Burley Griffin. So you kind of use points along the course um you're rowing along going okay we're at western park like just hang on for another 500 meters and then like there's only 500 to go and (laughs) you just start yeah you come up with little things in your head or sometimes i'll just count 
I just think just count to like 20 and you'll be. It's literally <laughs> about distracting yourself. Just, yeah, it? finding a way to distract yourself. You can sort of, the middle part of the race, you settle into it a little bit. So initially the first couple of minutes are quite uncomfortable because it's like your body is going, what is happening? But once it kicks into gear and realise realizes and your heart rate sort of levels off you have a little steady state period where you're just kind of going with the motion and then it starts to hurt in the last like 1k 500 and you're just hanging on for dear life really yeah you kind of hit that yeah. sweet spot in the middle of those sort of efforts don't you yeah you just get in the rhythm and it's all kind of happening i mean it's still hard yeah oh uh, yeah but it's do you bearable. find the sessions on the erg so the rowing machine are like are worse than the sessions on the water uh at the moment yes because you don't a you don't go anywhere and you just stare at the screen and you see the numbers ticking over and it feels like it's taking such a long time to get anywhere um so that's the worst when you can just see the seconds yeah you look at the clock and it just goes one yeah two and you're like 20 minutes to go like who would have known how long a minute? Yeah, you look up and you're like, um, surely I've been going for 10 minutes and it's been two minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when it's a longer piece and you're like, oh, God, I've still got 20 minutes to go <laughs> and it's already hurting. Um, but I also, the further that you get in and the closer you get to the end, you kind of get a second wind a little bit and you're like, yep, I've come this far. I'm going to make it. I'm going to finish it off. Um and I, I think what I love is the feeling of when you complete it, you get the endorphin rush, but when it's something that you didn't think you could do or you know is really hard, you kind of feel as cheesy, it's, as cheesy as it sounds, you feel kind of proud of yourself for no, I know what you mean. And you have to almost think about that at the start. You have to almost yeah. think, about, think about the yeah. finish. Because you know if you just sit good. there and think about how much this is going to hurt, yeah. you're just not going to want to do it. Yeah. So you almost have to think about the finish. Yeah. Now, what about um, the role of strength training in both of those sports, so the running and the rowing? So is there much emphasis placed on strength training in running and rowing? Um, so for me, I noticed there was a lot more in running, um, particularly sprinting. They talk a lot about this power-to-weight ratio. Um, so you want to be really strong and powerful but you don't also want to get too bulky because you have to carry that weight around the track as well. Um, but there was, yeah, quite an emphasis on um, building strength and then in season converting that into pe- like lots of power-based exercises. So this was kind of um, highlighted, the importance of that was kind of highlighted by coaches and stuff? Yeah, yeah. And then what um, about in rowing? So it's been really interesting in rowing. I was lucky because I I had the background in athletics. I was used to doing gym sessions and because I was a coach as well, I know the benefit that they have to any sport. But then going into rowing and into the, um, the club that I rowed for, uh, I was quite taken aback that a lot of people didn't do gym. They might do a session here or there, but it wasn't a regular um, part of their training schedule and I think it's hard because it's a longer distance sport you do have to do the kilometers on the water um, the only way you're going to get better at rowing is by rowing but 
I know the benefit just from my background that being a strong rower can have in improving your efficiency and making it. Um, I think that's a common theme through most endurance sports. Yeah. So a lot of endurance sports tend to not place as much emphasis on strength training as they probably should. Yeah. Like with athletics, I think it's pretty obvious to most people if you're stronger and more powerful, you're going to run faster. Yeah. But that people don't look at rowing and say, oh, feel stronger, it's going to help. And particularly with endurance sports, it's so good for injury prevention, obviously. Yeah, Because absolutely. you're spending so much time doing that repetitive action, yeah. you almost need strength training to just balance that, balance your body out a bit. Yeah, 100%. And there's sort of things that I was warned about, like lower back and rib stress fractures are really common injuries in rowing. Um, but if you've got a good strength base, then you can help to somewhat mitigate that risk. Yeah, it just, um, yeah. It just helps you. Generally, just being well, stronger just yeah. makes you more resilient. Yeah. Most people um, don't kind of absolutely. most people don't kind of understand that or think yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure for you, like having that background in strength training, you probably just take it for granted that oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do take it I for do, granted. Yeah, yeah, whatever sport I do, I know I should strength <laughs> yeah. train because it keeps my body in one piece. Yeah, and helps with performance. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I'm slowly trying to convince some of the rowers that they should be doing some more gym sessions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so speaking of the getting trying to get the rowers into the gym, the gym can be kind of a daunting environment. Uh, you spoke about before when you started athletics how that was kind of intimidating. I know, I know you were quite young then, but it was still quite intimidating for you. Yeah. How did you find things when you first started training in a gym personally? Yeah, it was all... Um, like big and new and I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was quite lucky that I was introduced to gym uh, quite young and through athletics. So our squad had dedicated um, gym sessions in a gym space that was empty of other people. So it was just our squad. So I was really lucky in that sense that it was a comfortable environment because it was just our squad. I knew everyone. Um, I almost initially felt embarrassed because a lot of the athletes were a bit older than me and had been doing gym for longer. And so they knew what they were doing and I just felt like a complete fish out of water. And Well, that's so um, common. I swear, yeah. I think most people who start in a gym have that, they're kind of very embarrassed and very kind of insecure about everything. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. looking at you and yeah. all this sort of yeah. stuff. But they don't realise every single person starts at that same level. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've all been there. We were all the the newbie who yeah. just felt like a bit of a motor moron, didn't know what you were doing, oh, everyone, couldn't grasp yeah. the concept. Yeah, everyone um, starts at that level somewhere. Yeah. And everyone worries about other people looking at them, but most people are too worried about themselves to even really care what you're doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Which is another good thing to remind yourself. Yeah. And... If you're in an environment, I think, where other people are looking at you and judging you in the wrong way, I think you're just yeah, in the wrong environment the wrong, too, yeah, really. Most definitely. And it's um, probably a little bit of hindsight, but I think particularly in a space like Real Fit, um, people don't often realise how much of an inspiration that, that they are. Um, and when they're coming in new um, and they've got a goal and they're having a go, it's actually quite... Um, inspiring and something special to watch. Uh, and like you said, if you're in the right environment, people aren't judging you. Um, they're almost proud of you for taking that step 
um, and owning wanting to do something for yourself. I yeah, think. well, those people who are more experienced than you, they've kind of they've come from the place where you are. So yeah, they should yeah. Be, they should be empathetic and yeah. almost helping you with it and yeah. that sort of stuff rather than kind of, yeah, trying to bag you out for doing it. Yeah. No, I don't think – I'd hope no one would ever, <laughs> yeah, bag you out for trying to have a go at something. Oh, you yeah. Don't know. I think it's more people just build it up in their head. Yeah. They just yeah. get worried because they're like, oh, no, I suck and yeah. everyone's yeah. watching me. And you're yeah. like, my reaction to that these days is almost like, yeah – you do kind of suck because it's just because you've never done this before though. Yeah. So it's perfectly normal and perfectly yeah. acceptable. It's like the whole, I think it's something that they use for any creative process that um, what you go through mentally that it's something new and you're like, I suck at this, I'm shit, this is shit, everything's shit. But then you, if you hang in there long enough, you come out the other side and you go, oh, hang on, actually... I'm starting to get it. This is good. This is great. Um, yeah, it's yeah. so true. Like you almost just have to get through that. I've spoken about it before. You almost have to get through that suck period. Yeah. You just have to yeah. stick it out and then eventually you yeah, start to absolutely. pick it up. And you almost forget that it, that even happened. Yeah. But you just have to allow yourself to be shit at it. Yeah. So you can get – so you can start and then do it enough, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until you get better. Same with you when you crossed over to rolling. Like you would have sucked yeah. on those first <laughs> yeah. couple of erg sessions yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure that first um, fifteen minute row, it yeah, been terrible. Um, and I distinctly remember my coaches; they picked it up really quickly. They're like, "Rach, you're so hard on yourself." Um, a little bit of a perfectionist, I wanted to get it right straight away, um, but I did need to step back and allow myself to just feel it out, get used to a completely different sport, um, and give myself the time. So. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same in the gym. Like if someone yeah. works in the gym, they need to give themselves that time, cut themselves some slack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Easier said than done, but... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what about in terms of coaching? So you've been coaching for quite a while now, and it's fair to say you are more of an introverted type of person, <laughs> um, yeah. as am I. How have you found... Have you found coaching from that point of view, from the perspective of an introvert? Because you see, mm -hmm. if you see a stereotypical like strength and conditioning coach, they're like big energy, they're yeah. yelling, they're up and down, they're all over the place motivating people. That's where obviously that's not your goal, it's not my goal either. So no. how have you kind of found coaching from that perspective? Yeah, like look, I'll admit when I first started coaching, I did wonder whether it was the right um, – career choice I guess you could say for me and my personality um, I remember talking to um, a few really good mentors of mine and saying oh I just don't know whether my personality suits the coaching environment because I'm not a big booming um, assertive personality that's gonna yell at you across the gym rev you up um, and every single one of them said don't change who you are Rach just work with um, your strengths and your personality. And so I went into the way that I communicate with people. Um, I harnessed that strength, I guess. Um, being more of an introverted person, uh, I've always been, I guess you could say, a bit of a listener um, and observer. But I just, I knew that I could get the result out of the person. Um, if they trusted me and if I 
um, could make them feel comfortable. So I think the big one of the biggest things for me was just building a relationship with my client, um, trying to be the best communicator with them that I could be, try and get on their level, understand where they were coming from um, and go from there, if that makes sense. No, that's awesome. Sounds like you had really good uh, mentors. Yeah. Sounds like they kind of did a really good job in terms of like encouraging you to be who you are and do it your way. Yeah. Because I think that's a big part of it is kind of understanding who you are and accepting that and then finding a way to make it work in your own style. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, like you said, when you initially thought about it, you see other coaches like, oh, I can't do that. And you're like, yeah. well, you don't have to. Like, yeah. You can find your own way to do it as long as you – you can still do a good job just doing it a different way. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, like picking up on your strengths so you're a really good listener and you're a good, you're a good communicator in those kind of one-on-one situations. Yeah, yeah, I should clarify. Good communicator in one-on-one any sort of public speaking style setting, I just yeah. go, oh, this is <laughs> scary. Like it's, um, been, but it's been really cool to see you kind of evolve and figure that stuff out. Like you yeah. kind of work out your weaknesses and your strengths and you kind of play to that. Yeah, yeah. And I think using my experience in sport has helped me um, a little bit as well in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've done a yeah, you've done like I said, you've done a really good job in terms of like finding a way to make it work for yourself. So I think a lot of people do that. They look at things and think, "Oh, I'm this type of personality, so I can't do that." That's where it's not the case. It's just that you need to figure out the way that's going to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to trying to find a way to do it like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and so being able to come in here and coach in a one-on-one setting was an important step for me because it's given me the confidence to then you know, stand in front of a class and coach a group of people or, um, yeah, do some small group stuff here and there. Yeah, and that's been good as well because you've kind of got way more confident in front of, like, classes and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll never forget how nervous I used to be <laughs> taking a class. Um, but now I absolutely love it. Uh, and it was, it's, just was purely because I stuck it out and I, I hung in there until I worked through that nervous, yeah. anxious phase into the, yeah, you I've just got kind this. Of <laughs> yeah. get used to it and it becomes yeah. second nature. Well, exactly. And then, like, yeah. then you're like, I don't even know what I was scared of. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Because I do the same thing, being more introverted as well. You kind of get anxiety about certain social situations and then you go through it and you realise, I don't, like, don't know what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah, It's absolutely exactly nothing right. to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But you can't, it's hard to get that through to yourself at the time. You always just have to be anxious and nervous about it and just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have like one of the quotes I always think about in those situations is feel the fear but do it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so yeah. true because you, yeah, you can't, if you can't let your feelings dictate how you do everything because yeah, then if you, you just wouldn't. didn't do anything you were scared to do, you do <laughs> yeah. nothing. Because everything just, almost everything stay at home in a little is, safe environment. Yeah. Almost everything that's worthwhile doing is really scary. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not easy. Yeah. Um, in your comfort zone and yeah yeah we've done yeah you've done a really good job like i said of kind of figuring that out and making a way figuring out your way to do it yeah yeah okay we will leave it there for today uh thank you so much for coming on rach my absolute pleasure what are you doing tonight 
we got on for Friday for you, Friday Arvo. Friday Arvo. I'm just going to have a bit of a chill out, I think. Well, I am meant to be training for rowing tomorrow morning. On so, the water? Yeah, out on the water. Um, so normally Fridays are fairly quiet for me because it's an early start on Saturday, but it's meant to be raining quite a bit, I think. So It's also the sure. middle of winter here in Canberra right now as well. Yeah. So yeah. Rachel often comes in telling us how cold it was on the water in the <laughs> yeah. morning, getting having to get out and row. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some mornings I don't know how you do it when it's minus degrees and you're out there on the lake rowing. I honestly, some mornings don't know how I do it either. <laughs> you just yeah. get out there and once you do start rowing, you like, yeah, flowing, yeah. yeah, you do get quite warm. It, but that initial, like, it's getting on and getting off the water that are the hard bits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I hope you get to row tomorrow. I don't like your chances. It's supposed yeah. to piss down no, rain all weekend, do <laughs> so I don't like your chances. Yeah. So does that mean you'll do an erg, so on the machine? Yeah. Yeah, you sound yep. happy about that. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, Rach. No worries. Thanks, Ben.